Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. My name is James H. Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here with my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, doing big things in Canada, Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? I'm just ready for the game. I don't know why. I mean, I have a game Friday, but (laughs) I feel like I'm playing on Saturday, too. Okay. I, it's 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 it, it's a big game it's it's a very big game um uh, a lot of people are talking about it like just when it comes to pac 12 and stuff in general like it, it's 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 kind of interesting and i feel like what left is there to talk about because especially for for us like we spent a lot of the bye week even talking about this game um you know obviously i don't know if we i, I don't know if we knew at the time game day was coming to town it's gonna be on fox kind of weird because they don't have their best crew broadcasting the game um thankfully it's not brando so uh azike's name charbonnet's name should be right um this time around but it's a big game uh nonetheless um what what are your again what are your kind of thoughts how are you feeling as an alum getting ready for this game i know you kind of touched on it there already but like I, I, this is like one of the first times like i've felt the hype everywhere you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying where like like everywhere I look or like everybody's asking me about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, we're, we're here now. And it's like, if, if the boys want to do what they set up to do, which is, I mean, be packed up championships and, you know, further than that, this is, you know, important. I think winning this game almost solidifies a spot in the Pac-12 championship game, because well, I man. think even, I think winning this game and even, even if they lose to SC, which I don't think they will, mm-hmm. I think, that would guarantee a spot since since it's now the best two teams and not just yep. the North versus South. I think this one like solidifies like one of the top teams in this conference to play in the championship. No doubt about it, especially because like the way that Utah and USC kind of played out. Um, for me, my mindset is going in. It's like you win this one and you kind of more or less, like you said, solidified your your chance to be in the college football playoff. I mean. Again, you can't lose games against Arizona, Arizona State down the road, but this is a game you want to win to again continue to control your own destiny. That's something I've I've written about um a little bit and tweeted about. You don't want to go into the USC game having that be the game where winner goes to the Pac-12 championship. You want to be the one where you can go into that game knowing Maybe it's okay to win this. Uh, maybe it's okay if you lose this game. You just can't lose the USC game and like the Cal game after that, right? Like, you you gotta you want to be comfortable as much as possible, especially when you beat Utah. So you have the edge there. You can beat um, Oregon. You put that one to bed, and then you can just obviously not just straight uh, strictly focus therefore on USC. You don't want to look too far ahead, but um, it puts you in a good position. Um, speaking of USC, real quick. Um, do you do you have any any comments for Lendell White, who's called US UCLA overrated, um, for just no reason? It seemed like even the question he was asked, um, it just seemed like he just wanted to to hate on UCLA. Just to... I mean, he said that, and then they lost to Utah when we had beat Utah the week before that. So that's true. If it we, was before if, the game, that's right. If we are the ones overhyped, what does that make them? <laughs> 
that that's just my point of it. It's like, yeah. but I mean, that's that's USC though. <laughs> Thinking, you know, being being front runners and you know, unnecessary talking. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I mean, that all makes sense. And uh, again, the fun thing about it is there is a game to play. Um, there might be something where we're we're talking more with them in the future about that game. So. With that being said, yeah, I mean, it, it's a big game. Uh, Chip was asked about college game day, going to Oregon, what it means. And, you know, he said it's all cool. It's still a special place in his heart. But the word he said, and I don't know if, if I might have mentioned this. Uh, first of all, shout out to everyone, including Josh, who joined on the Twitter spaces. Um, that was a good that was that was some good stuff we did there and something we may do a little bit more in the future, interacting with you guys who listen um and, and share your thoughts on the um with us on twitter we'll we'll try and be more available as much as possible on twitter spaces but with that being said um uh yeah i, I chip kelly's called this a business trip and who else did carl jones called it a business trip as well uh, so the bruins are all business this week um they're, they're going into this you know yeah Austin stadium's loud yeah the noise yes it might rain Yes, there might be a chance for thunder, which could potentially delay the game um, at some point or another. Will that remains to be seen? But uh, this is a business trip for them. I mean, there, there's no emo- You know, the players were being asked by the media, "Oh, is this a one you want to win for Chip?" Or and they're like, "Yeah," but at the same time, we want to win it for us. Like this is about us. This they're like that. They're not buying the outside noise. Like they're all business. Um, what Josh? What is your mindset going into? Um, you know, when you were at UCLA and you're going into big games or, you know, you're going into a game that's meaningful, whether it's U- uh, USC or when you're facing Texas A&M or someone like that, like what is the mindset for you as a player going into a game like this? Just handling business, you know, mm-hmm. doing what, doing what, you know, your coach should do, doing what you're, I mean, built to do, not letting anything get too high, not, you know, no, not too high, not too low. I, Pretty sure I heard Dorian say something about that this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the truth. You just gotta um stay and be you. You know what I'm saying? Can't can't think too high of things. That's when, you know, guys tend to usually, you know, mess up or whatever. But big time, big time players make big time plays and big time mm-hmm. games. So we're we're gonna see who who steps up. And you mentioned the weather. I talked to one of my one of my team, my current teammates and mm-hmm. and former Oregon Duck. Um, Vernon Adams Jr., quarterback, he said that no matter what it says about the rain, it doesn't rain inside the stadium. Okay, so someone said that. So I, I, I was, I, I did a Oregon podcast, and they said the same thing. It, it made me feel kind of sick. like, is it a dome or what am I like? I mean, it's, it's not. Tra- I don't not, know. It's like so I don't get some it. kind of some I, kind of vortex around the field. He said that, and I was, I was like, yeah. Mm, I heard it might like. The chances yeah. of rain are pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they're confident that it's not gonna rain, but I was like, I know chips can prepare like it's gonna rain. So like yeah. So again, I like I've been kind of someone told me that too, and I was like, wait, what? Like, is it a dome or something? But I know it's not because this is like a you know track thing and all that. But anyways, um, I've heard that same thing too. So it's kind of weird. I don't know if that's a mindset or 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 whatever. I mean, it's Oregon, but um yeah, again, I, and I think Dan Lanning, they even kind of asked him about it, like. Does it mean anything that Chip's been uh, with Oregon before? He has history there. And he said pretty much the same thing Chip said. Like, no, not really. It's like the guy's got to go and play the game. Like the nostalgia and all that's great, but it's not about that. Like the guy's got to play the game. So both of them have the same kind of mindset, both as coaches, and I'm sure their teams do as well. Um, 
I'm just uh, the one thing I'm keeping an eye on in this um, is how they can handle and contain Bo Nix because um, there, there's always been this thing about good Bo Nix and bad Bo Nix. There's been a lot of good Bo Nix. I think he's playing a little bit more freely, maybe because just because he's out from um, Auburn and the SEC umbrella and whatnot. But um, he has been able to. He's been you know known to make some mistakes before, and I think if you're UCLA, that's what you want to do. You want to capitalize on those mistakes. Again, this is another quarterback, another offense where they're going in. Um, the Oregon offensive line is is highly touted um, as, as one of the better ones. And probably um, some people are saying it's the best O-line that UCLA has faced. So say what you want about UCLA, but um, and maybe to, to that point, they haven't gone up against an offensive line like this because, again, they haven't allowed um to Bo, Bo Nix to really be sacked I think maybe once or at all but again uh, when you have guys like Carl Jones uh Bo Calvert um Latu Latu and the Murphy twins um I don't know I I, I mean I don't want to say they haven't faced a better defense because they, they they played Georgia but um yeah. you know UCLA has been pretty good this year and I think they'll give them a tough test and and this is the Pac-12, man. I think just anything could happen. No, I mean, I think uh, what I've seen is Oregon is like a six-point favorite. Um, you usually will get three points just for being at home. Um, it's going to be a close game. Some people, it, there's a lot of different opinions on it. And that's why I'm excited. Just like, let's just have the game already. And for me, it, it's kind of giving me like vibes like a Washington um, or even like Utah where it's kind of like, yeah, UCLA is great. But like, this is going to be the game where their Cinderella story starts to end. And um, it's up to Dorian and and the Bruins here to to prove them wrong. So, yeah. and look looking at um, Oregon, I'm all almost more worried about um, them running than Bo Nix. I mean, why they, is that? Almost every game they they have over almost 200 rushing yards. Mm. Um, and the past two games had over 300 rushing yards. Um, first, I mean, first weaker defenses with Arizona and Stanford, but even against mm-hmm. Georgia, they, they had more rushing yards in Georgia. Um, BYU still had, you know, high rushing yards, even though BYU was ranked at the time. So it's like that O-line, not only does it look like they're going to protect Bo Nix, but they want to establish the run as well. And I know they're, they're coached up, by, like I said, I mentioned in the spaces by mm-hmm. Adrian Clem, a former, former UCLA uh, coach when, when I was there. And I know he takes pride in setting the tone, and handling business. So I don't, yeah, it, it looks, I mean, like Bo Nix is the name, but I think the real motor of that team is that O-line mm-hmm. and stopping the run is going to be the most important and make like make Bo Nix beat us with his arm. You know I, I agree. I, I agree completely. And, and, and that's part of it. Like Bo Nix is a runner as well. The thing is, is like, I don't know who the running back for Oregon is, to be honest with you. Like, do, do they have, like, just looking at the stats from what you've seen, um, do do they have a running back just in on the stat sheet or something that jumps out? Because, like, I don't, I really don't think I've looked, but, like, it, no it, name comes to mind. Because Fordell's not there, like, Dye's not there. Three guys, no no um, Whittington, mm-hmm. Jordan James, um, and Marquise Irving. And a name I see even, uh, I think Sean Dollars is playing receiver. Am I? Yeah, I think he's, like, a dollar. Uh, I mean, a dollar. He's a... He's a receiver, I believe. Was he? Because he's he went to Rancho Cucamonga. Was he a receiver there too, or was he a running back? I'm I'm not sure. He might have been both. I think he's a guy who he can kind of do some of both. Um, 
I forgot Sean Dollars was on that team. I forgot all about that. Um, I think he was, was he the one who was sick? I think he was sick. Nah, that that's Jalen Red. That that's right. And he he's back too. He's he's still on the roster. That yeah, he came back this year, right? I think he was off last not, year or something like that. I think I, should I don't back. know what he's doing. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's playing. I'm not sure. Okay. But they definitely have a uh a stable of backs where any of those three can be a mm-hmm. hot hand and as well as Bo Nix can be one of the top rushers as well. So that's kind of interesting because, because, um, because yeah, because now maybe because you got to prepare differently, you got to prepare for a few different guys. Maybe it's just a guy you're not even prepared for who goes off in this game, um, especially with that offensive line. That's completely possible. Um, jumping over to, to the UCLA backfield real quick, I'm gonna tell you something I haven't told anybody else. I got done talking to Deshaun Foster earlier today. Um, did a little one-on-one with him. Just talk Shout about out Coach few, Foss. Might talk to, uh, might have a story on him uh, maybe sometime next week. Um, but one thing I, I asked him about was Zach Charbonnet. And I just, I said, what, like, what do you learn? <laughs> I mean, you've coached so many different guys. Like every year they're sending a running back to the NFL. Um, Charbonnet looks like he's going to be the next one. I talked to Foster and I was just like, what do you learn from, from these guys? I mean, he's been, he played for the Panthers. He's, played at every level is going to be um, in the California high school football hall of fame here later uh, this year. He's going to um, be part of that ceremony. Um, he was just put into the UCLA athletic hall of fame just this past week uh, or, or two weeks ago. Um, so he's kind of done it all right. He's kind of done it on him. Like, what can you, what do you still continue to learn or what, what do you learn about Zach Charbonnet at this point? And he just says, you know what that he's like, Zach Charbonnet is just like, um, He's like a polished runner at this point. Like, again, there's a reason why he probably could have gone in the first, like in the second or third round last year. Um, I don't want to say first just because they don't draft a whole lot of running backs in the first round anymore. But um, it, Char- um, Foster said he's like Charbonnet is like so polished that he doesn't have to spend a whole lot of time with him, which allows him to work with some of the younger guys like a little bit more closely and and help them kind of come along. And I even had a video on Twitter um where he was talking with christian grubb and kind of you know they're going over like some uh special teams return stuff but still like he's able to have those kind of conversations like you don't have to worry about charbonnet at this point um you know he's getting more carries and i mean we're, we were so used to a two-back system and we do see keegan jones get involved but we're still getting like a lot more of of charbonnet than i probably even thought and that's a good thing i mean if he's running and he's doing well um then i think that's definitely um, a good sign but yeah I'll, I'll have more on on what i've talked about um and i kind of touched on some of it already but there with foster later on maybe next week but uh foster was was great to talk to but um on the defensive side josh um john john vons i mentioned he was on crutches i saw him on crutches at least for some period of time there during the utah game um some of the other reporters told me he had been practicing when i wasn't out there when i saw him out on tuesday he was doing kind of what charbonnet was doing a couple weeks back um, during uh, I think going into the South Alabama game or somewhere that he was just kind of hanging out during individuals. He wasn't really practicing. He was dressed out. And if you're not paying real close attention, you would just think he was participating in drills, but you would just have always missed him doing the the drill, but he would always like kind of stand off to the side. And uh, I noticed he had a brace on his ankle. I don't want to say he has an ankle injury. Cause I don't, I don't know how long he's had that brace on um, under his cleat, but um, he wasn't really limping or anything, but um, that's just something to keep an eye on. K. Madronos look good. Darius Moasau looks good. 
no other injuries. Like that's just the crazy thing about the bye week is like usually you're coming out of bye week and you're like looking and you want to see like who's recovered over the bye week. You know, I've mentioned it before. I've told you before, like I'm so used to seeing a pile of guys over by the bikes. Um, there's nobody like it's like we're, we really don't even ask Chip Kelly injury questions like I haven't heard him say someone's really unavailable like in a while like it's it's kind of almost like it's scary like I hate kind of talking about it because I feel like I'm jinxing like I might jinx something um but they're just like really healthy and I think that's a good thing I, I talked to um one of the reporters for Oregon he said they're fairly healthy for the most part um they had a guy who was out for the season um the same thing kind of like with Martin Andrus but that's what I like. And that's what I like. It's like, not only is this a big game, but both teams are going in off of a bye week, like super healthy. So, so we're going to get, we're going to get the best from both sides. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no excuse. There's no, Oh, if, if, if Dorian, you know, if, if, if only if Dorian was able to play in this game or like, no, like he's good. Like everyone's good. There's no concern. There's no question marks. There's no nothing. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to think, I'm just trying to think like, what else could we covered so much of it um during the pod during the podcast i mean during the the twitter spaces we had um i'm starting to think just just a um fyi a programming note for people i might start doing twitter spaces like on mondays at 5 p.m pacific time so make sure you follow me on twitter at jhw reporter um for for some of that um what were some of your some of the things you took away from from the twitter spaces or or just being able to kind of interact with fans like that yeah, yeah, that's why I think it's pretty awesome where um, people can ask me questions directly. Mm-hmm. You're getting um, a whole lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, where where people can ask me questions directly, which um, is pretty cool because it kind of orchestrates itself where, you know, I think people always have questions that they want answered and they mm-hmm. never have a time to be like, you know, so on the spot, they can ask me. Uh, and the, yeah, that's, that's, that's always cool you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. i feel like i have a certain perspective that not many other people will ever be able to have yep you know playing for the bruins and playing under chip and playing under you know more and mm-hmm. still playing st- you know still playing now in the football knowledge you know what i'm saying no so, I, I and i think like i think that's valuable that's why the minute like because i told you hey i'm gonna do twitter space and you're like oh i'll be there i was like all right like if, if you're done with practice like everything's good hop in hop in and when i saw you come in um i started seeing like requests like people started requesting like they wanted to talk to you so i thought that was pretty cool um something else real quick um i just went and looked back at my article that i did um over at dailynews.com and ocregister.com make sure you check that out um latu latu received some national attention this week not only was he added to the polynesian college football player of the year watch list which i don't know why why he just now was got added when a lot of the other uh, Polynesian UCLA guys were already added. Um, but I think that's just, that's just it. Latu was like so under the radar with just not knowing what to expect with him being a medical red shirt. Like uh, you just, or I mean, a med, uh, having medically retired, you, you know, most people just didn't know what they were getting um, having him at UCLA. He's tied for second in the nation with six and a half sacks. Um, he was also recognized by the AP for the mid season. Um, like, all like all American team, like as good as it gets, like he's considered one of the best edge rushers right now, like in the nation. Um, I mean, I mean, when you're, yeah, when you have one of the highest sack totals mm-hmm. in the country, you have to be recognized. And I mean, 
getting sacks against some some of the proclaimed best offenses in the country mm-hmm. with Utah and with Washington. So that no, I I no to your point, I think that like makes a difference because he's tied like he's tied for second with like two other dudes. And there I think there might be two guys like tied for for first. So he's like in a bunch, but for him to still like be a standout, even among that, like obviously it's he's being recognized for more than just the sacks, but um I just think it's good and that's a good thing that he's being realized, um, being recognized in that way. Um, before we kind of head out here, Dan Lanning had something on um on Latu. He said um he's definitely someone we have to be aware of. Um, just having an awareness of how ha- of, of knowing where Latu is on the field is a big thing. Um, we have to know where he is and account for him at all times. Um, the offensive line was recognized. There's not always a whole lot of recognition for the offensive line, but UCLA's offensive line has been recognized um, as one of 22 units uh, for the Joe Moore Awards National Honor or, or Midseason Honor Roll, excuse me. Uh, the Bruins were just one of three Pac-12 teams um, to garner attention, including um, or along with Oregon and USC. And then some love for Chip Kelly, who was named uh, to the... Uh, what was it like the pre-season like to the mid-season watch list for um uh, the dodd trophy award or it's more or less a coach of the year award so uh, even chip getting some love and some national attention and and whatnot so it's been kind of crazy for ucla my my biggest thing josh as we kind of wrap things up here is is just trying to tune out some of this outside noise because you know the guys are getting interviews i know like even um during the what during the utah uh during utah week um and what did you think about this i don't think we talked about this what did i don't know if we did did you did you see that dorian and, Sh- and zach were, were talking to reggie bush reggie bush came on campus i did see that what, what, what were your thoughts on that on, on i was having like a- <laughs> i was like that that is is fire because i mean like mm-hmm. like i like i've said before like i grew up an sc fan that's just i mean mm-hmm. if you're in socal like reggie yeah. bush like will forever be the college goat for me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And for him to, as a USC guy, to be in the UCLA facility and then say that he's a fan of, of mm-hmm. DTR and Charbonnet, like that solidifies it. Like yep. you're getting, you're getting, you know, praise from the enemy. Yep. So I, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought that was a pretty awesome moment. No, see. that, that, and that is pretty cool. Like, again, they were on Fox for that game. Uh, Reggie works for Fox, but, I mean, they could have sent anybody out there. They could have sent, I think, what, Brady Quinn's on that. They could have sent Urban Meyer, I guess, to do that interview. They could have sent Matt Liner, but they sent Reggie Bush. Um, so I, I think I think that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, man, uh, what what else? Is there anything else that stands out to you? Anything else you're excited about? I'm excited to see Justin Flo. I, I wanna I wanna see Justin Flo. I don't know, something about him. Just hopefully he doesn't body slam any Bruins. I wanna see him no. I want I wanna see him no. try and tackle and bring down Zach Charbonnet. That's gonna be a great matchup. That's a good him and him and him and uh no soul. Yeah. Um targeting is not off the board. <laughs> that could that, that's I never think possible. of that. This could be that's, a game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, especially if it's raining. I think this is gonna be the game the game of the trenches. You know what I'm saying? With yeah, some of the best fronts in, in the Pac twelve and some of the best um like I said, linebackers and running backs in in the country. It's gonna be really exciting. I just hope the boys just come out on fire. Like I already know when it comes to um Chip, like you said, like Oregon has a spot in his heart, and you can 
Mm-hmm. You can tell when it's organ week, you know, with, with I don't know, it just seems like Chip has oh, a little really? extra fire. A Chip has, has a little, little pep in his step. Like he has a he yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where like he he wants to beat them. Um mm-hmm. and he hasn't done that yet. And I think this is this is the time. Yeah. Now now more than ever. I think the other thing to keep in mind too, um like it's kind of this is still kind of going to be a new experience for even a lot of the older guys because um, they did play the last time they played in Oregon was during the pandemic season. So there was no one there. And the it was. You were probably. You were probably still on the you had to have still been on the roster. Whenever uh, the, when it was. It was that you said you said the last time they played, they played there. Yeah. With fans, like with whatever this loud atmosphere is going to be, I I think it was it was 2018. I I, I didn't yeah, get I to make was, I didn't get to make, you that, didn't trip. make that one. That's right. But yeah. I remember like even that game was like it was like okay like we we do have something here where it's mm-hmm. not there yet. Yeah, like they showed they showed potential at times in that game. It's funny because this is kind of like I've always kind of viewed this as viewed this as like a measuring stick game. Like where is UCLA at? But going in, but this week I don't feel like this is a measuring stick game. Like this is, but in a way though, I guess I kind of do because it. And you kind of said like the Bruins have arrived. For me, they're kind of like they're they're knocking on the door. Like if you beat Oregon, no one can tell you anything. Like like no one can discount you. Like there's no discounting in the fact that you're a single digit ranked team. You just beat Oregon. Like. No one else is really standing in your way. USC doesn't have any momentum, having just lost to Utah, a team that you, uh, UCLA beat just two weeks prior. Um, at the ball, like literally, UCLA controls its own destiny. I keep saying it, and it's weird every time I say it, but that's where they're at. And I think that if they realize that and they play um, passionate and with the fire in their eyes, I think um, they'll do great. Um, any final thoughts, Josh, before we head out? I just want to see the game. I want to you see know, the game, too. I'm happy. I'm happy I play on Friday so I can watch it Saturday. Yeah. I'm glad you're going to be able to watch it, too. It's going to be at noon or at 1230 Pacific time. Uh, make sure you tune in. Um, I'll be tweeting during the game. Uh, I'll be watching the game just like all of you guys. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully we get a clean game. No one has an excuse one way or another. Someone got bumped out early and that made a difference or something. Um, you know. And uh, let's just hope for a good one. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, just some more quick notes from me on the recruiting front. I've tweeted some of this out, but just want to make sure we have it here. Um, St. John Bosco quarterback Pierce Clarkson announced that he received a scholarship offer from UCLA um, on Monday earlier this week. He's currently committed to Louisville. Um, but obviously that's not stopping UCLA from giving a quarterback like him an offer. He is a four-star recruit on the 24-7 composite, um, and he is a highly decorated uh, quarterback, and, and in a way, deservedly so. Um, he's gonna he's already on the roster and will be playing in the 2023 All-American game, All-American Bowl game. That's usually done, um, I think, by the service academies by the army i guess i think that's the it's the army all-american game not the under armor one um he's also on the roster for the polynesian bowl game as well um and those are two like two of the three along with the under armor one that are some of the bigger showcases uh when it comes to high school seniors getting ready to play at the next level some of them go ahead and um, announce their commitments there so maybe um maybe there's some sort of 
flip. Maybe Pierce Clarkson wants to stay home. Um, I don't think he's listed um, as being from Pasadena, but he does have a Pasadena tie with his father, who is more or less considered a quarterback guru in a way. Um, he's a um, a highly sought after, like independent quarterback coach. Um, or a notable quarterback coach, I should say. He's based out of Pasadena. He's mentored guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles. Um, I think even Matt Leinert back in the day. And even uh, a UCLA, former UCLA quarterback in Brent Huntley. Um, and Brent Huntley, that name should be familiar for those. I mean, obviously, if you're a Bruins fan, you probably are familiar with that name already. But uh, familiar because Dorian Thompson Robinson had just passed one of his records recently uh, for most career touchdown passes by a Bruin. So that name um, is significant for that reason. Uh, but again, uh, Pierce Clarkson, again, a St. John Bosco quarterback. I was out at the modern day Bosco game. It's been a couple weeks now. Uh, I saw Pierce Clarkson play a little bit, but he did get bumped out and didn't play in the second half. He did get a, um, I believe it was a concussion or something, something that knocked him out of the game. So I didn't get to see Pierce Clarkson as good as I would have liked to in terms of watching him play on the field, but um, we'll see. He has a couple other Pac-12 offers, uh, but again, he's already committed to Louisville. I think he's been committed since like January. Um, so he's been a strong commit for them. Um, but Bosco does have two commit UCLA commits and, on that Bosco roster, and they are teammates of Pierce Clarkson, so maybe they can have an influence on on helping him flip over to the Bruins. Um, the first being uh, four-star defensive back R.J. Jones, someone I don't think we have talked about on any of the podcasts recently. I did mention him on Twitter um, when he did announce his commitment. Um, he did commit to the Bruins this past Friday, um, which was during the bye week for UCLA. Uh, Jones became the highest rated recruit or highest rated prospect in the 2023 class for UCLA, just days after four-star running back Roderick Robinson II uh, from San Diego Lincoln High uh, decommitted from UCLA and flipped over to Georgia. So uh, you do lose a guy like Roderick Robinson, but at the same time you have a guy, a defensive back like RJ Jones come in. He's a four-star prospect. Um, and, and is leading the class just in terms of, of where, you know, uh, 24 seven and recruiting services like them go ahead and rank and, um, give these guys their, those kind of star ratings and whatnot. So RJ Jones, um, a good get for UCLA so far. And then obviously someone we've talked about already, three-star safety, Ty Lee, um, announced his pledge to the Bruins back in May. And he was the first of the current, um, roster for St. John Bosco to commit to UCLA. Um, I believe, yeah, he's a three-star guy and um, someone who was also bumped out of that modern day game uh, when I went to see them play with some sort of shoulder injury. I have to follow up and see. Um, I have to make it out to a Bosco game now because I want to see RJ Jones. I wish he would have committed before the the modern day game. So I would have had a better look, but usually uh, I didn't really have those guys on my radar unless they're really kind of committed to UCLA. Then I kind of keep a uh, closer eye out for them. So again, uh, those are some guys on the Bosco front. Um, modern day, uh, Chip Kelly was out there at modern day during the bye week um, doing some recruiting as well. I would imagine why else would he be out at modern day? Um, some people were saying, why wasn't he, why wasn't he out at the modern day Bosco game? They did play a little bit earlier that following Saturday. I think that was obviously the Utah game. Um, so yeah, they weren't out for, for that one, but, uh, he did make the most of the bye week and was out for that. I tried looking to see if any other represent representatives for UCLA were out at any other kind of um, high schools or giving some offers. I didn't see anything off the, you know, um, easily like kind of out there. 
Um, I think there was another um, offer for UCLA today, but those were the ones that just kind of stood out to me. So, um, again, just wanted to, to bring some of that to your guys' attention. Again, as I mentioned, Chip Kelly and the Bruins have been working on some wet ball drills and situations, obviously, just in case it does rain out there at Autzen Stadium and with Oregon. Um, again, uh, Colorado has been the only road game for UCLA. So um, even though, I mean, it was still a good crowd out there at Colorado, the, you know, just the experience, obviously the field, the, the style and play or just where they're at in terms of on the field performance, Colorado necessarily isn't up there with UCLA and Oregon this year, but um, just from an overall experience, especially like a traveling experience and stuff, um, UCLA needs to take advantage of that experience that they have. Again, there's a lot of other teams that have been out on the road already several times. This is only the second time for UCLA. So whatever worked for them during that Colorado game, um, if there's any superstitions or or anyone had any sort of lucky meal or something, like that, hopefully everyone stays on track with what they did in that last um, road game. But yeah, I think the, the Bruins are expected to get in sometime Friday night, um, sometime in the early evening. Um and then, you know, kind of do whatever kind of final prep, whatever they need to do, um, wake up and get ready for that game. That game is going to be out at Autzen Stadium at 1230 local time. And, yeah, it, it should be interesting. I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. Um, again, I don't necessarily have, um, you know, any preference on who wins this game. But I guess maybe just from the terms of, of having some folks coming, happy folks coming back. Um, a win would be nice for UCLA just in terms of of having a happy bunch come back to to see at practice and um, we'll make for some good interviewing, um, you know, some good quotes and stuff. And I'll have all that stuff for you guys over at OC Register as well, along with um, Haley Sawyer, who's out covering practices for us as well when I'm not out there. Um, and then we will have Miriam Swanson out there as well. Someone I might try to get on the podcast here in the future. Um, I believe she is going to be out there in Oregon. Um, so yeah, it, it's a business trip for UCLA and they're going to stay true to the mantra that they've had, um, you know, all along they've, they've always said it, but I feel like it means a little bit more just considering the weather conditions, uh, the loud stadium that Austin stadium can be with the fan base there at Oregon. Um, UCLA is going to just have to continue controlling what they can control and, uh, try and prevent the game from being any bigger, than it is, even though it's a big game, it's a meaningful game. Um, just treat it like you would any other game. Play the way you've been playing. Play consistent. Play focused. Play um, motivated and and out to prove the world wrong. And I think UCLA will be in good shape again. Their third um, straight game against a ranked opponent, having already played Utah and Washington. Um, I said it would be great if they won at least two or three during this uh, three-game stretch. Two of two of the three during this three-game stretch, they've already won two and have the opportunity to make that a third straight win. So uh, that's about it for me. Again, thank you guys so much for joining the Twitter spaces. I did upload that episode as well on the feed for you guys. Make sure you go back and check that out as well. Um, I had some great folks chime in and provide their thoughts on just what to expect with uh, or, or what they expect or would like to see from UCLA, obviously, and the reaction to them being ranked number nine in the country. Um, Josh Woods did join the co-host here for the Believe in UCLA football podcast on the Twitter spaces, as we mentioned when I was talking to him. Um, one of my other podcast hosts for the Something's Bruin podcast, George Medina, also joined that Twitter spaces. So it was a good time. Um, for those who missed it, 
um, or when we're unable to make it, if you told me you were unable to make it, hopefully you guys listen to the recording out on Twitter or go ahead and catch up with that on the feed before you watch the game on Saturday against Oregon. Um, and again, make sure you join us out on Twitter, 5 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter spaces. Um, I'll have I'll be tweeting it out so you'll have all the information there. Go ahead, set a reminder for that. But if not, I'll try and maybe have that uploaded here as well for you guys to listen to. Um, it should be fun. Should be a good time. Um, UCLA is moving in a positive uh, direction, regardless of what the outcome of this game is going to be against Oregon. And I'm just uh, excited to provide you guys the coverage you guys uh, desire and are craving, uh, considering how good the team is doing right now. So thank you guys again for the support. And I appreciate it. Again, make sure you follow me on Twitter at JHW Reporter. Um, I'll have a link to that and to Josh's Twitter as well in the bio. Also, make sure you follow the Believe in UCLA Twitter, um, Believe at Believe UCLA um, for that Twitter handle. And yeah, again, my work, ocregister.com, dailynews.com. Either one of those sites will get you where you need to be. I also have the newsletter for UCLA, right? There are some different tidbits that maybe I find out about later on in the week or don't talk about on the podcast. Go ahead and click and subscribe to that newsletter over on my Twitter page again. Um, everything you need uh, for UCLA coverage is on the Twitter page at JHW Reporter. Um, everything you need is there for you guys. Again, thank you guys so much for your support. Um, we do appreciate it. And any feedback is appreciated. Make sure you subscribe and like, leave a comment, um, and let us know what you think about the podcast. With that being said, for Josh Woods, I'm James Williams. Thank you guys so much, and you have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.